This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It's the 5th of May 2023. It's Friday, and I think I'm going to cure Sean's RP. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Oh, just, I realised what I said. I said cure. We'll get letters now. Oh, no, you, you can't, can't cure, cure it. No. Uh, by the way, that no is need. a verbal contract. I will hold you to that. Excellent. Ex- yes, Thank I you. am going to fix you. I'm going to fix and cure you. Oh, God bless you, sir. I am <laughs> a broken man. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot I can do. Uh, not that much, sadly. Uh, let's just start with the eyes. We'll work from there. Okay. Uh, so, hi, how are you? Are you good? I'm, ver- I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Are you in a better mood? Because yesterday, you know, you seemed a bit off well, yesterday, okay. if I'm totally honest. Well, I didn't think nice you were on you... your game. I thought you were. I thought it was terrible. How to be perfectly dare honest. you? No matter how I'm feeling or how my personal <clears throat> life may be, I am always professional and on top of my game. Liar. Thank you. Yeah, no, I'm feeling all right. I had a good sleep last night. That helps. That does help. Thank you. Now, hang on. Is this the is this the blind lack of sleep thing, or is this something else? I think it's an age thing. To be honest, I fall asleep about nine o'clock at night and then wake up at three a.m. I'm I'm just out. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's the, what do they call it, 24-hour uh, drive through uh, disorder? I don't know. 24-hour drive through disorder. <laughs> I think you and I both have that. I definitely have that. I am feeling good on top of the world. Yeah, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm tired today. Oh, well, uh, of it's, course. It's my turn today. <laughs> well done. Uh, well, I'm on the first coffee, so maybe that's what it is. I think there's something something psychological about coffee. There really is. I, I don't think coffee... I mean, I know it has caffeine in it, and that obviously has an impact, but I think there comes mm. a point yeah. with coffee mm. that it's kind of irrelevant. You know, it's like a, it's like the whole antibiotic discussion. You know, you keep taking them, you keep taking them, you take, eventually your system just says, okay, I'm used to that now. What else? What you else got, have you oh, got right. It's a gateway drug, coffee, is, is what you're saying. You're, you're looking no, I for just, that I think next it loses great its, thrill. I think it loses its effect over time. I think it just, you, in your head, you feel you need it. And it's funny because I think I told you this a while back that I'd gone to the doctor, uh, a neurologist actually, and he said to me, uh, you should stop taking paracetamol when you have headaches because it just fuels more headaches. And I said, really? Is that a thing? Is that a real doctor you went real? to see That was there? a real doctor. He had on his uh, door, Head. it said, right. doctor. Oh, well, Doctor Neurologist. Go. That was his name. <laughs> Mr. Neurologist. Is that Mr. true? That, that surely. Oh, look, he, he knows things. Well. He studied. What, what have we ever done? What book have you read on medical science? Oh, I see. Oh, this suddenly turned around to an attack on me. Okay. Yeah, I'm feeling great. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll get another coffee. Right, be drink fine. that coffee. We'll, <sighs> we'll get through this, Stephen. Don't worry. I've and got you enough know energy for two. I'm going to be honest with you. The coffee here, yeah, you know. Amsterdam coffee, really nice. Oh, here we go. Oh, here we go. Really Five nice. minutes in. Oh, Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Even my get wife, your slides out. My wife doesn't drink coffee, right? And she's drinking the coffee. And this is really nice. She's like, "Can we get this at home?" And I'm saying, oh, "We probably can." It probably, is, I don't know, it's a barista level of coffee. I just asked for. I used to go in. And this is the thing for me. It started off with me and coffee. Uh, where I worked, we had a cafe that opened up in the building. That was an absolute killer. Because every day, yeah, well, it, it was part of a chain, yeah, yeah. And so when okay. it start, when it opened up, you know, that was the first time we really had like a local coffee shop, yeah. And um, at least within you know reasonable walking distance. It's all gross. And we went. I remember going down there and I asked for a latte. I didn't drink coffee at the time at all. Yeah, yeah. I you was just trying tea. to be cool. I liked yeah. tea. Yes, proper. Yeah, and yeah, properly British. And yeah. um, I, I, I go down there and I asked for a latte, and that was me hooked. You know, so, because I remember there was a show on television years ago called Ali McBeal. Yes. And on that show, they used to all walk around with coffee cups in their hand. That was the first time I think we'd ever seen that here in Britain. You know, yep. this obsession that New Yorkers have of just walking around the place. And I say New Yorkers, but now everyone does it. Monkey yeah. see, monkey do. Unbelievable. Coffee is terrible. It's, it's bitter. Terrible, it's gross. You, you know your problem. You've got to put all this syrup you know in it. You've got to put you cream. You tried good coffee. That's your <sighs> problem. Yeah, everyone You've probably tried, that. I don't know, coffee's, gas station coffee or something. Coffee tastes rubbish. like coffee. It's all the same. <sighs> you know right. nothing, Priest. We off, anyway. We off to a great start? Yeah, we're flying. We're off. <laughs> 
anyway, listen, hang on. I, let's uh, not talk about coffee. You're curing my um, curing. He said curing. He's um, uh, fixing, repairing my RP. Yeah, well, actually, okay. I, I'm not going to take all the credit for this. I'm going to give the credit to Camille Savoie. Oh, of course, or Savoy, Savoy, as I like to call him, because uh, that's how it reads it to me on my screen reader. Uh, why is it different screen reader voices read things differently? What is that about? I've never really got to grips with that. I don't understand how some bugs come with some different voices on the iPhone. You would think that the voices are just yeah, almost passive to the yeah. actual algorithm of the screen reader while well, well, it's scraping from the screen. But it seems to make a big difference. Like we, we put the shows together, and when we do that, we use like shorthand for the, the title. So it'll be like, obviously, instead of typing the word April, it's just APR or... I was going to say May is M-A-Y, but that is... Yes, yes that <laughs> works. Is that word. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so April is APR, right? And and Eloquence always reads it as APR. APR, that's right, yeah. Whereas everything else reads it as April. Why well, is that? that? What is that about? I find the vocalizer voices are, aren't very good at that sort of thing. If you use Alex, it seems to read out the, the correct <gasps> format on things like that. And it so I've started using Alex for that <gasps> exact reason, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not a lover of Alex. It's not the breath thing that bothers me. I, I, I'm so fussy when it comes to voices. I change my mind all the time. We just get bored of them, don't we? You yeah, always you just do. want to swap it out a bit. I, I'm not a fan of Alex myself. Very good pronunciation, but it's just a bit raspy for me. I'm not, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yes, I am going to cure oh, yeah. you today, uh, courtesy of Camille Savoie, who is also saying this courtesy of a CNET article. So we're kind of passing the buck a little bit here. Um, mm. But yes, uh, this is a story which came out. I, I did see this story, but Camille did point this out in an email. So I do thank you for sending this in. And it's a story about a bionic eye that could restore vision and put humans into the matrix. OK, forget that bit for a second. Uh, because essentially what this is about, we're back to the conversation of bionic eyes. I'm out. Yeah, you're, you're not a big lover of these stories, are you? No, no. I, I just bionic eyes, we are nowhere near the level where I would feel comfortable having anything like that. Mm. I mean, we all know what happened with that. Oh, God, I can't remember what the name of it now. Was it Iris Vision? Or, or the Second Sight, the second Argus sight. 2... Yes, that's yeah. exactly right. Well, that, your memory, fantastic. Um, yeah, the company went bankrupt and people were left with these medical implants that simply stopped working. I mean, yeah. what a terrible state to be in. Um, yeah. Okay, give me more info. I'll make an informed decision before you operate. Yeah, I don't think you're going to be much more impressed. But what I will okay. say is, uh, and it was interesting reading through this, because I think it's the understanding of what this can do that was, was actually quite good. And you know me, I love my analogies. So this CNET article does point to an analogy which I think summarises how this works really well. Okay. Uh, because essentially what you're trying to do is provide light to the brain, uh, but in a different way than through the eyes. Because, of course, the, the light receptors in the eyes have gone, and hence why, you know, in particular with retinitis pigmentosa, that when those... The cones <laughs> and rods have gone. Yeah, cones and rods have fallen to bits. Lost them. Smashed on the ground. You've probably walked into them. Yes. And uh, that's it. Yeah, the lights have gone out. So the way it's described in this analogy, which I think is really good, it says, think of it like a house. You've still got the electricity flowing through all the wires, but all the bulbs have blown out. And what they're saying is that what they need to do is provide an alternative source of light. So essentially bring in lamps to plug into that supply to provide light to the house. It's not a perfect uh, analogy, uh, but no, I kind okay. of that's kind of... I guess, right. the really simplified version of what they're trying to do here in these science labs. Uh, and this is something they're doing. Now, I will say, and I think we have to say thank you, and I want you to say personal thanks today to Leela. That is a uh, New Zealand white rabbit Aww. who's uh, lost its eye in the Aww. name of science. In the name of science. All right. Uh, so that you can see. So really, oh. well, actually, it's Leela. It's, it's, I should have, what I should have said at the top was a rabbit is going to give you back your vision. God and bless you, you Leela. Yes. Your sacrifice isn't appreciated at all, but thank you. That's nice. That's really nice. <laughs> and actually, she got a bionic eye now? Have we got a bionic that, well, rabbit? That's, that's what they're doing. They're, well, they're using the eye to try and figure out. It's not the same. Obviously, human eyes are different to some degree, but the then patterns exist. 
What's the point in that? Well, they're not going to just grab some random person off the street and pull their eye out and start cutting it to bits. Well, mine's knackered. Pay me enough, I don't mind. Pay me, <laughs> bang it in my head. Absolutely fine. <laughs> I think they might want to do a few tests beforehand, okay. just in case. Uh, but, you know, what they're doing here is they're kind of trying to use a mixture of science and medical approach to this, which I think is quite interesting. I'm not going to get into all the detail. You sh- I'll put the link to the article. You can go read it for yourself. It's about 11 minutes worth listening through. Uh, because it is just an interesting story. And I think it tells you where we are. But it, it, I'll summarise it very simply by saying the amount of light that it provides and the, the actual picture that it creates is still very much... I mean, it's not putting you in the matrix. It's putting you in the dot matrix. It is, oh, that's clear. Oh, well done. Thank oh, you. can we just take a minute now thank and appreciate you, that? That was you. fantastic. Yeah, I actually quite... I think I'll applaud myself for that I, one. Yeah, I was I, I, impressed by that well, myself. No, that was you. really good. Yes, I'm, well I'm very good at this. Um, yeah, uh, that, that was only one coffee. I think maybe I've reached the peak on one. Maybe I just don't have another coffee I, today. I think we should stop the show now. Is I that it? Are we done? That's the peak. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's not going to get any better than that, I can guarantee you. <laughs> but that is the problem, because the image it's creating... It's so blocky, and we've seen this already. These these images, they're almost like sketch drawings of what you're actually seeing. And you're absolutely right when you say that the technology, even though we have the, the capability, apparently this particular mm. implant that they are developing here, in this article, what, what it talks about is something which has the capability of a, a resolution eight times that of a camera inside an iPhone. Now, that's brilliant Absolute that it can create nonsense. that, but that's not what it's giving you. No. You don't that, suddenly have the vision of eight times the, the quality of an iPhone camera. That'd be that nice. Means nothing. But that, it's that, not that's happening. irrelevant to what yeah. you actually perceive. It's uh, to be honest, the, the bionic guys that we've had so far are, are more for giving you back light perception. They've got to be extremely mm. high contrast. There are there are talks of, of people that's had this sort of um, uh, procedure done, and they need to, it's almost like you've got to train your brain to recognize these these patterns and yes they can read large letters in some case like the letter capital letter l or, you know, white on black or black on white they may be able to make that out but it's not really functional for anything it, it's very much given light perception back and that's the way i see these bionic devices at the minute we're decades away from anything practical from these devices and look let's not lie here right you want this to happen you want this to be a reality oh, of course, because yes. of course who well i say who wouldn't we'll drive but, to kfc of course but, 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 but uh, this is the thing with the, the identity obsessed world we now live in where you know that actually the identity that blind identity people have is kind of impact like i was making the joke at the start well not joke but i was saying at the start you know oh i've said cure there are a lot of people who don't even think that they should have the cure. Like, there's nothing wrong with me, so therefore I, I shouldn't need to be fixed or cured. Yes. And I, I, I kind of worry on two sides, because one, I think that I have a worry about these articles that kind of give people the wrong impression. You know, how many times have you had this where someone said to you, is there nothing they can do? And and my thought, my <laughs> yeah. first thought is yes, they're absolutely yeah. They've got the cure. Yeah, I just, I just, I just, I just gone couldn't yet. be bothered to be honest. Yeah, I was kind right. of busy this week, and yeah, last week I was busy. Pop Do, down the doctors, take a pill, and bang. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and only and if I'd done that, I wouldn't need to use these glasses, this white cane, yes. and be blind. Be sat um, in your lap. Sorry, exactly. Yes, yeah, right. Yeah, and sitting inside <laughs> this car talking to you, and you're not even a taxi driver. Um, <laughs> So, you know, all that kind of nonsense, you know, that's one thing that kind of creates this sense of a fix is either out there or is coming or is certainly further forward than already is. And I think that creates a lot of hope for people. Um, and there's nothing wrong with hope. I mean, Are you going to use hope. the word false in front of that? Well, it's not false in the sense that it's, it's not lying to you. There is research going mm. on. They are trying to create a solution. And I'm for that. But then there's another side of this argument, which is I wonder if there are people out there who would actively rail against this kind of research and say, well, we don't need it. And and I always find that an interesting part of the discussion when people talk about their identity. I guess it comes from people who are, in a sense, so aware that their vision will never return. So there's no point having any discussion about whether or not they'll have... I mean, I, I spoke to a woman once who had no eyes. She had no eyes in her head. And she said, it's not like someone's going to come along and implant eyes in my head and give me vision back because that's not possible to happen. So I'm not going to think about it. So I guess there's that side of it where yeah, but I, there are people I, who say, well, you know, that's the case. But, 
But I think that the, the danger comes in that if we write this off, and I feel on one hand we write it off by saying, ah, it's farcical, it's too far away. On the other hand, it's we don't need it because there's nothing wrong with this. I no, feel we I, need I, a bit more middle ground than that. Well, I mean, it's that difficult ground of, of acceptance, right? I, I think anyone who's lost their sight has always had that first initial feelings of there's something someone can do, the denial of it, you know, something will come along, something will happen. And I was going to say, how many times an article like this comes out and I can guarantee someone, a relative or somebody will send it to me. Have you seen this? And, you know, like it's something I can just pop down the shops and get now and it's going to fix everything. And it just isn't. And I just, I just feel sometimes a lot of these articles are... Uh, I don't know, a little bit clickbaity. I yeah. mean, I, I, I yeah, just feel are. like I mean, look, this isn't a practical um, procedure for 99.9% of, of visually impaired people, blind or visually impaired people. It just isn't. And it isn't going to be for a long time. For the longest time, since I was a kid, it's always been 20 years. They'll, be, they'll have something for you, 20 years, 30 years. And I think you get to a point where you think, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm okay that's not to say, oh, I'm not, I'm not, um, yeah, I don't need help, or I, I wouldn't accept any help like this. And I think people shouldn't be researching. Of course, they could, and should, and and do, and that's a good thing. But yeah, I, I take all this with a pinch of pinch of salt. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, you say that the headline is clickbait, or the story is clickbait. I'd say the headline certainly is, because you know, he, the the whole headline is the bionic eye that could restore vision. I, I could almost let mm. that go. Yeah. But then they add, and put humans in the matrix. And then it says, if it works, we might Dot even matrix. be able to manipulate our own reality. Now, I, mean, I don't even know what that means, to be that's perfectly nonsense. honest. It's an utter nonsense. It means nothing. And that's what I mean. I was going to ask you what the headline was, but I, I thought, and I'll let it go. It's a CNET article. I'll, I'll leave it. But as you read it out anyway, I mean, now it's just a ridiculous headline. Yeah. It, it, just, it just is. Yeah, I, I, I do. I do struggle with some of these stories, but I also I think there's another side of this, and I'll be interested to hear what people say, and that's why I love doing this because people will you know tell us what they think, and I, I want to have this conversation because I feel so often out there in our community, and I see this more and more. I'm seeing a little bit of this on Mastodon as well. There's that one true opinion thing starting again, and I really I, I rail against this because I cannot be bothered with it. It just irritates me when there's a sense of, well, this is the opinion of blind people, and if you're just not on board with it, you're wrong. And I'm sorry, I don't I don't subscribe to that. I really I hate this notion that there's one opinion for something and that's it, and the community goes with it. It's the phrase the community, as if we're just like one that. homogenous group. Yeah, but no, yeah, but it depends what what definition you put on community. The, the 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 thing that we've got in common as a community is we know the issues that we face every day that other people with outside issues don't face, and and we can we we have a a relationship with each other because of those issues that other people just don't get. So there is that community. That doesn't mean we've got the same opinions on absolutely everything. We haven't got different personalities. No, but the experiences are different. You know, it's like when you go to an organization, I mean, how many organizations, we're talking about this the other day, you know, organizations that, you know, bring blind people in. I've known organizations for blind people who've brought in like five people around the table. And apparently because one of them's woman, one of them is ethnic, one of them is, uh, I don't know, old, one of them is young, then Hello. somehow all of that, you know, there's five people combined equates to the entire population of blind people and their views. Nonsense. Absolute nonsense. No, yeah, but there is going to be some common thread there. Like, like, for example, no one else is going to understand how it feels when someone grabs your cane and drags you along, right? But how each individual person deals with that, if they get shouty or, you know, polite or just go along with it, that's different. But we all got that common thread of no one else is going to know Ah, but, that but that's, okay, so that's a great example, right? So there's an example where you have someone who comes along and says, I, you know, you should never grab a blind person. Never. Don't ever come up to me and grab me by the arm. Okay, we're just about to walk onto a train platform and straight onto the track. So I grabbed your arm. To, no, leave me alone. Don't ever touch a blind person. And therefore, what happens is you have this, if you send that message out there, as that is the message, that is the, you know, on high announcement from, you know, the blind mafia that says this is the future, this is the answer to everything, then what you end up with 
is a bunch of people who say, well, we're just not going to engage with blind people then because, you know, they don't want us to go anywhere near them. And then something happens or some someone could have potentially got into a danger. Well, you, you, you know, I read online it said, don't come anywhere near me. So, you know, you have this, this is what I mean about different opinions, different different viewpoints. There's mm. not one answer to everything. Of I actually don't mind being grabbed on the odd occasion because sometimes it yeah. helps me. Steady I don't. Hook. It happens to me all the Look, you know it as well as I do. I travel a lot in this world. I get grabbed all the time. The one that the, I'll tell you what actually if there was a universal if there was a universal approach to this, I would say don't grab the mobility aid. I think we could all go on that one maybe. Because I, I had this the other day. I was getting on to, yeah. it, was, it was when I was getting on the cru- the, the um, little boat in Amsterdam and someone grabbed the cane. To almost like point me to where I was going, like using it as like a point, pointer stick. So like <laughs> over there, you know. And I'm like, don't. And I'm like, I, I was like, I really, I was like, you know, do not do that. Never grab someone's mobility. This is how I navigate. You know, would you wouldn't grab my legs and just start pulling them over here and pulling them over there, would you? I mean. It would be ridiculous. But that's Wait, which thing. way are you going? Hang on. Uh, over there. Uh, grab <laughs> your leg and point sense. it in the direction. But it's it, common I mean, no, it's not common, common sense. sense. It's not yes, common sense. It is. It's People common sense. That. It wouldn't happen to me five times in one trip in three well, days. Well, you're meeting a lot of idiots. But that's why it's not common sense. No, they just haven't got any common sense. You wouldn't approach a blind yes. person and just grab them without talking to them. I've had that happen. Happens all the time. A couple of times. You oh, say you, but you, why do you keep saying it, we wouldn't do that when it it's happens to us all the time? Because the majority of people don't do that. It's 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 an outlying experience when you get that. I wouldn't say it's the the um, majority of the time. It's an outlier. People that don't talk to you ignore you, even when you address them and they don't talk back to you. It happens. It doesn't happen all the time. The majority of people are great. They have common sense. They have respect. They have decency. But there are a few out there that will just grab you, manhandle you, ignore you, just put you where they think you want to be. And that is the idiots out there. I don't for one second think that that's the majority and that's what we're fighting against. I think you uh, don't meet a lot of people on the way to the shed. That's why. That's I true. Think. Yeah, I, I don't. You meet a lot of people on that on that particular route. Uh, I'm, I mean, I agree with you. Look, people, there are a lot of great people. And, you know, a lot of great Curtis people and, you know, a lot of people who get it. Um, I, I just, I, I, what I'm getting at here, without getting off topic on this, it, there's not one answer to everything. And this is what gets me sometimes is that, you know, that there's, there seems to be this on high. It really, it really grinds my gears. Can you tell? Oh, It really grinds my gears. Back to Amsterdam with you. <laughs> I know I need to chill out again. <laughs> Honestly, it's just, but. It does. I mean, this kind of, you know, just one answer to everything nonsense. That's just not the case. And I think with this, you know, it, it very much for me is when it comes to you know, the cure or the fix or whatever you want to call it, I, I think that I'm glad the research is happening because we kind of dismiss it today, but a day will come where it won't be something we can dismiss. And actually, if it comes to a point where, in essence, if someone is born with RP and you can have this implant put in there and it works with stem cells and it kind of regenerates the retina or whatever it does, mm-hmm. then, wow, can you imagine? Essentially, that, that condition is, is wiped out. And yeah, that exactly. would be amazing. I mean, we, we say this. It's funny, right? I always think about this from the perspective of other disabilities. And we talk about blindness as, well, I don't need a cure. I don't need a fix. And I think, well, what if someone, like, what if someone in your family has Alzheimer's? You would never, I would certainly never turn around and say, well, you know, Alzheimer's, well, it's just what it, it's what it is. That's my identity now. I am Alzheimer's. So therefore, I'm going to live with it. And don't give me any research. Uh, don't give me any of that. Mm, yeah, I, you know, again, I don't want, I'm I don't not want sure. a cure. I'm not sure there's, there's a huge part of, I'm going to use the word community, our community, that actually think that way. I know there no, are no, people. No, 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 exactly. I don't, not from the, I don't think it's huge enough to be a major issue. I think you're you're getting annoyed about a small section of blind people. Are you saying I'm like a Fox News viewer? Is that I'm, what you're I'm, saying? I'm, well, look, the majority of people couldn't care less and just get on with their life while there's 10% of people over here shouting for their argument and 10%, 10%, 10% yeah, of people on the other side. Unfortunately, as you well know, it's the 10% that are shouting are the ones people are hearing, and that's the problem. Yeah, but we don't have to uh, we don't well, have we to can listen. We can shout back. Oh, well, don't you are be doing. the silent majority. Well done. We're going to get into that actually on tomorrow's oh. show. We've got a very interesting thing. Uh, are you feeling cured yet? 
Um, as the yeah. rage brought back your vision. <laughs> Can I just say, I'm not, I'm not dismissing the research at all. I think you're right. You know, if you never looked into it, we would never get anywhere. And the, yeah. the research is there, no matter how slow it's proceeding. I've RP. My, I've got two girls. My daughters, they are carriers of RP. So my grandchildren have a 50-50% chance of developing, having the same problems that I have. Uh, and if they have girls, they're going to be carriers as well. So it's going to carry on down the line. We're talking, you know, so I definitely research. It's, I'm all for it. What I am dismissing is the reporting of this research because we see it all the time. And it's the restoring sight and, and curing blindness thing that I have an issue with because I think it does give people false hope. When yeah. they're at the beginning of this sight loss, I do have to say journey, but uh, journey. I, I know it's become so cliche, hasn't it? But it's it's yeah. true. It is, of course, it is. I, mean, uh-huh. I, I think I think that's the, the the kind of reality for a lot of people is that you know there is a you know a lot of people reach what I would call the the level of acceptance that they can get by their daily lives without really thinking about it too much or feeling the impact in a in a way that they're at least you know you telling the it. world. That's what it comes down yeah. to. You just learn yeah. to live with it. You learn to live it. with it. Although I think that's different to acceptance. I do think it's different. And I don't think, I don't know if anybody ever really achieves acceptance because we all have our frustrating days and we talk about the tech challenges in life. You know, we're going to get some comment on this in the next half about, you know, things that happen along the way. And suddenly, you know, everything's everything's going on swimmingly and then a software update comes along and kills off half the features that you had. I mean, so I got the, the just chonker keys um, oh, yeah. keyboard, right? The the keyboard that I got. Uh the software's entirely inaccessible for it, at least on the Windows side. I haven't tried the oh, Mac yet, but I can't, I, I, I can't access it at all. After I said yesterday, Microsoft surely wouldn't showcase any <laughs> Well, any look, I'm not putting it on Microsoft. I can't put I it on Microsoft. No, I'm I can't. Sorry, I am. I, no, I can't because they well, haven't advertised this. This was something I spotted in an ad in an article that they had put out. It was not something they were promoting, so I want to be very clear on this. Okay, I They were not promoting it. It just happened to be in the room. I mean, it'd be a bit like... <laughs> It just happened to be sort of nearby where, you know, I was the, the thing they were talking about. So they didn't so, showcase it in... No, from, they weren't saying, hey, this uh, is okay. great. You should, you know, go get one of these at I all. I take that back then. So uh, I, don't want, I don't want to give the wrong impression here. Microsoft had no part in that. I, I just spotted it and thought, hey, I'll, I want one of those. And I got in touch and asked what it was. And we should also point to the actual design of it with the big keys, easy to access keys. This is more focused on people with motor difficulties. Or well, I, I don't problems. know if it is. No, I don't think it is. I think it's really? developed. I think it's developed for streamers. That's certainly what the advertising suggests. When you go to the website, there's a video that shows why, you social media people, you know, influencers, and they're all sitting there, and they just want an easy way to be able to, you know, mute their mic or, or kill their camera without having to, you know, maybe deal with a stream deck or whatever it might be. It's, it's because the keys are so big, you know, it just makes it so easy to be off camera and just hit the button and do what why, they need why, to do. Why would Microsoft have? Well, because uh, because it's the accidental accessibility, I guess. Look, you'd have to ask them, but I would say it's the accidental accessibility thing. Where look at this product, how wonderful is this that it's been developed for a wider market, but actually could have a huge impact on, like you say, people with physical motor difficulties, um, but also I think for people with with low vision, or I mean, certainly people with low vision for sure. I don't think someone who's totally blind would really get much out of this anyway, other than the fact the buttons are huge, and unless you have that additional again. The whole thing about the identity world that we live in. We put ourselves in boxes and of I course you can large be... buttons. I hate it. Oh come on. I don't no, I care. Absolutely... I just I like it. No. That's a choice. No, no. When I first left home, uh, that's Don't I, I, speak I, for me. Um <laughs> there's one true opinion and it's mine. When I first left home, that's why I got a massive universal remote control with these huge buttons like an ironing board on it. I got plastic wine glasses, I got a big button telephone. It's like I I don't need it. I can memorize a number pad. I don't need big buttons. I haven't got arthritis. I have now, funnily enough. But I didn't have arthritis then. It's absolutely fine. That 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 thought that we need massive buttons, it's nonsense. Well, yeah. I mean, look, it comes Sorry. from it comes from a different place, though. I remember when I got mine, I got my first big button phone, and I thought it was a great thing. But then, of course, like you say, you start to figure out your way, and you start it to think, well, hang on a minute, I, I could just memorize, you know, based on the five, I could memorize where the buttons are. For a lot of people, though, it is about you know the visual and the the physical, you know, so you can understand where that would be necessary. I think no. you know, oftentimes these provide these kind of pieces of kit i'm sure they're not provided the same today um but you know they're often provided as a kind of like a just a standard it's almost like you know, here's your blind box of all your stuff i gotta say though i kind of miss the plastic uh, wine glasses 
because they're oh. the only ones I've got left. All the other ones are broke. I was going to say, I know, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's, it's my, my wife and I, we, we, we sort of, every so often, you know, maybe a Friday night or something, have a little drink or whatever in the house and, you know, she, and we'll clink our plastic glasses together. It's <laughs> quite Tommy tippy sippy yeah, cups. Yeah, it doesn't quite have the same <laughs> feeling to but you know what? The, the glasses survive and that is, that is the winner. That is the winner, winner, chicken dinner. Chicken dinner. For me. Right, listen, stay there. We'll come back. More to talk about. It's Double Tap. Follow Double Tap on social media at Double Tap On Air and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. We'll be right back. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. And let's get to some emails, shall we? And uh, we'll kick things off with an email from Rebecca. I'm very disappointed with Audible and I have downgraded my membership to Audible Plus to get a few of their podcasts. I have switched my membership to Libro FM. Audible had a sale and I bought the Anna Green Gables collection. I could download the book to my phone, but I could not download the book from my Audible library or Audible Sync. Therefore, I could not put it on my stream second generation. During the course of three days, I chatted virtually with four representatives who told me that I should try using the Android app. They said the book was working fine on their end. I do not own an Android device, so tried the Windows subsystem for Android, and this wasn't an ideal experience for me, though I was able to download the book to the Android app on Windows. Now Audible is investigating the issue and told me Thursday they would get back to me within five business days. They gave me one extra credit. I was able to buy the same book and download it without any issues on Libro FM. In addition, I can only listen to Audible original content on my phone or the Android app on Windows. I love my Victor Reader stream second generation, but I'm concerned about the direction Audible is taking. Remember when we had Audible Manager and how accessible it was? Now it's gone. You can't even use the Audible app on Windows 10, and you have to go through the Android subsystem on Windows 11 or use the Audible Sync app. Hims has said they are developing a mobile screen reader, so users can download Android apps, potentially giving users the ability to read Kindle books, use Bard, and gain access to Audible. The Sense Player also has a Connect feature, so you can use its keyboard with Android or iOS. Are we getting to the point where Audible may stop supporting companies like Hims and Humanware? Would you consider showing listeners how to access Audible another way, or would you consider promoting Libro FM as an alternative for some? This site doesn't lock down books and offers some of the same titles you find on Audible. Thanks, Rebecca. Thank you, Rebecca. Um, okay, I, I think you've got the answer in there somewhere, uh, and I think the answer may well be for you, Audible Sync. Sorry, the sound you're hearing in the background, by the way, is my coffee being made. Uh, I thought I'd put you, one on. You can't we leave it alone. I just it's I need five that minutes. Unprofessional, Stephen Scott. Unprofessional, sir. Addiction. Although you don't, because you don't believe in the word addiction. So actually, it's fine. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Audible Sync, I think, is the answer to your problem, Rebecca, because. You, you know, talking about using the Audible app, using the Windows 10 subsystem of Android, I mean, yeah, it sounds a little bit finicky for me. Um, you were saying about using the Audible Sync app and the demo. So I downloaded it because I thought I had it on this PC, but I don't. And um, it's super easy. I mean, I could go through the demo, but it would take 10 seconds. Literally, you're downloading it. Once you go through the install process, which takes a few seconds, you've got the app on there. Uh, you sign into your account. Again, all of that fully accessible to sign in. You have to, uh, if you've enabled two-factor authentication, you might have to put in a code or use your authenticator app to let you get in. And then once you're in there, you just arrow to library, hit enter, and you're in your list of books. You even have a search field where you can search for all the individual books and, and pick the one you want. When you go to the book, you can enter on it and there's a download button. And that's it. Book downloads, you copy over to your Victor Reader and happy days. As long as, of course, your Victor Reader has been authorised. Uh, it sounds obviously in your case like it has been, uh, and most people probably have if they're using it. But, you know, that is it, essentially. You're, you're done. So, well done, you. I mean, it seems to be. I mean, I, I remember talking about this a while back on the show when it was just announced. I think the Audible Sync app had just come out. And I remember thinking, this is actually really good. It was really accessible. And a great way to do it. So I would definitely recommend that. Uh, and what I'll do, Rebecca, is uh, if I remember, let's hope I remember. I will remember. I say that. And then if I say it like that, for some reason, that might work. It probably won't. I'll um, remind you. No, well, that's we're definitely forget. doomed then. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'll try and put a link to that um, to that page where, where I got the Audible app from, the Audible Sync I was going to say, app. do you download that from Audible 
Yeah. The Audible site. Yeah. Okay. I just Googled, you know, Audible Sync app and it came up and it's only, so it's important to say only available for Windows 10 and Windows 11. So not on Mac. There doesn't seem to be a way to do it. No, this doesn't affect you necessarily, Rebecca, but it, it will not work on the Mac. And there doesn't seem to be a way of doing it on the Mac. There was an app I talked about a while ago on the show. Go back and find it if you can. Um, I'm not going to mention it again because apparently it's a bit ropey in, in terms of you oh. know, what it can do. I mean, it's, it's well, it's not the same as Audible Sync. Let's put it you that mean, way. It, it makes it work. I used to use it a, a, work, an app yes. a long time ago that would just take a Audible file and uh, huh? make it a normal and file. Make a file you could do. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. How, how they are. I don't know either. Possibly just... recommend or suggest that, but it makes life so much easier for moving <laughs> it to other devices. I'm sorry, I find the authorization authorizing devices through that. I find the whole DRM methods, they just they make our lives harder. Um but hey, it, it is what it is. But hang on, can I I'd love to know from someone how good Bard is. That, of course, is the US library, isn't it? The uh, US library of books. Yeah. That is free to blind people, I'm guessing. What was the other one Rebecca was mentioning there? I haven't heard of that. Libro? Libro. I've heard of LibreVox. Is that the same thing? Is that something else? I I, I don't know. Look, we're not the best people to ask about audiobooks, obviously. There's Calibre. Calibre. Uh, And, of course, here in the UK, you've got RNIB. You've got in Canada, the SELA library. Uh, so there are different options. I just wonder how good they are in re- in relation to, because I know in the RNIB catalogue, for example, here in the UK, we get access to a lot of books that's on Audible. Not all yeah. of them, but you do get access to quite a lot, and it does let you get access to books in a much easier way. The one thing about the Victor Reader I loved, especially with Bard, was that you could search the device for the book. So you didn't have to go off and download it somewhere else. You would just download it directly on the Victor Reader. And I really like that. You know, you just pick the book, download it, you've got it. No third-party system involved, uh, and there was there was talk of doing similar with other libraries. I think Bookshare is available. You can do that at the moment. Uh, Bard can do it. There are others. I think in the states you can use that. Um, is it the NFB Newsline service that gives you your magazines mm-hmm. and newspapers? Uh, so there are different ways to do it, but it's it's not universal. That's the problem. It, it's content specific. I would say is the best way to put it. It's, it's and there's lots that's just country specific, region. right? Like yeah, we exactly. Just mentioned as well. So yeah, but Rebecca, if you're interested, we would be interested in the Libro FM thing. I mean, if you want to give us a, a demo or a description of that, that'd be great. Yeah, and a bit more detail would be good on that one. It's not one I've heard of. Um, I've heard of LibreVox, but I don't know if that's the same thing. Um, okay, uh, thank you for that, Rebecca. And yeah, do do check out that Audible Sync app. I think that is going to save you so much hassle and time. And it does mean you've got the books available on your system. You can then just copy them over to your Victor Reader when you want. Uh, okay, let's move on, uh, because Darren's been back in touch following yesterday's show. Hello, this is Darren from Brexley in Kent. First of all, I'd like to say thank you to Julian for your review of the Accord USB player. Mm-hmm. I won't be getting one. It's basically as I thought. You've saved me 50 quid, my friend. I'm grateful. Um, hey. Basically, as I have one or two machines I listed uh, on a previous message, um, it is as I thought. Basically, my gripe with all, a lot of these machines is that you can't queue and review within a track itself. Like, for example, if you go forward within a track and you miss a phone number you can't skip back about 10 seconds within the actual track you have to jump forward or back tracks um i would say the better value of the two is the cobalt one for 20 quid that has bluetooth and fm radio sd playback and usb playback and it talks the only thing it doesn't have is the ability to uh, jump between folders you have to jump through tracks you will eventually get to the folders, but you have to go through tracks. That's the only disadvantage. And it, the R&RB Accord also does the same thing as the Cobalt one. When you turn it off and turn it back on, it goes at a louder volume than what you usually set it at, which is annoying. Regarding the Sense Player, I'm not surprised. I have heard a lot of people say there's bugs in it as well. I'm holding fire. I don't think the OCR is very good at the moment, apparently, well, what I've heard. Uh, Till next time, this is Darren saying bye for now, and thank you. Bye. Thanks, Darren. Good to hear from you, and uh, glad you enjoyed that demo from Julian. It was brilliant, and uh, a great chance to learn more about the device, the RNIB Accord. 
Uh, and yeah, I, I still haven't got mine. Still waiting. Oh, Hello. If we get a knock or a doorbell during this, run off and get it. Yeah. We can I do a live unboxing and send it straight back. <laughs> uh, well, that Cobalt one sounds quite good that he's talking about. I might uh, check that one out. The well, one that, less uh, than half the price. Yes, it does. Yeah, I mean, it's got radio and uh, actual radio. Remember those days? Are there still are there still FM radios broadcasting? <laughs> <Is that laughs> exactly. I've listened to FM in the longest time. <laughs> I'm wondering if there's any mainstream Bluetooth speakers out there that just have a USB input. There must be, surely. The, that's I'm the sure there will be. Right? Yeah, but the thing is, I, I can probably guarantee somewhere on Amazon you'll find one, but it's going to be of low quality. I'm sorry, it's just going to be low quality yeah, because it's going to be cheap and cheerful with the USB So is the Accord one, and that's not cheap and cheerful. Yeah, I will also say, and it kind of pains me to mention this, but RNIB also do sell another, well, actually two other devices, and I think this, I don't know how universal these are. Oh, please one, bring it up. Yes. Yeah, you know what I'm going to say, don't you? I, the, I think I do. The radio yes. that doesn't talk. Um, I mean, utterly ridiculous. <laughs> this was designed by them, wasn't it? And it well, doesn't... it does talk. It reads the menus and it reads <laughs> other stuff, but it doesn't actually tell you what station you're on. How could that pass? This is fine. Again, ask Darren from Bexley and Ken. Ask Negative Julian, right? Ask people like this not when it's from Bexley and Ken. Oh, okay. Oh, no, Julian isn't. No, that's no. quite right. But ask people like these, the people that are actually into these devices, that use these devices, ask them when it comes to designing them. Yeah. I mean, they will give you all the answers you need. It, it, it baffles me. Well, that's got a USB stick player in it, if that's of interest. And also there's the community player, which was a community clock, and you can don't, get... A, don't buy it. You can get the community... Community player? The community player. <laughs> the community player. Delivering your thoughts to your mind. Um, yeah, that could work. Uh, <laughs> right, let's, let's move on. And uh, we've got a message here, oh, actually from Negative Julian. He's been oh. also back in touch with us. Hello, chaps. Julian yet again. Sad to say, you have me rather hooked into this AI discussion. On the basis that, when confused, it is generally a good idea to listen to someone who knows what they are talking about, Terrible may idea. I suggest that you visit BBC Sounds and listen to Word of Mouth for the 25th of April. The episode is titled Chatbots, and the guest is Emily Bender, Professor of Computational Linguistics at Washington State University, so I think we can assume that she knows more about this stuff than we do. It will be half an hour of your life well spent. Regards, Negative Julian. Thank you, Negative Julian. I will most certainly not be doing that. That sounds far too intelligent. Uh, that's not how well. I read I'm that really article that Camille Savoie sent in, and uh, you know, my brain is hurting from that. I'll, need to, I'll, I'll put that in for next week. That's my brain hurt for next week. That's what you call the podcast, brain hurt. Oh, there's so many uh, interesting interviews coming out about AI. Everyone's coming out of the woodwork now mm -hmm. to give their opinion on it. But there's some really interesting opinions. And I keep flip-flopping on this. I'm still overall optimistic about it. But since, um, what was his name, Jeffrey Hinton, the godfather of AI, came out, mm. uh, you know, after decades in the industry, he's the one who started the whole neural network learning. Uh, after coming out and saying he's got concerns and he regrets his work on it, I think you, you start to listen. The, the 1,100 who signed the open letter, everyone got a sort of sense of, it could be a sense of um, jealousy in that, or let's hold it back until we catch up. But with someone of that stature... Uh, Jeffrey Hinton, you start to think, mm, okay, maybe there is something where we should start to notice this. Elon Musk was on Bill Maher's show last week, and he, you know, it's so interesting. This is a guy who was behind OpenAI. You know, he was one of the founders of it, and he's now in a position where he's talking about the need for regulation. Now, when someone like Elon Musk suggests something needs regulation, I think we should listen to that. Because yeah. I think that there's a concern. <laughs> if someone like Elon Musk says, we really need some oversight on this, that <laughs> that, that rings alarm bells to me. That, yeah. And it should ring alarm bells to people. You know, I think the problem is, it's, it's funny because just uh, actually on Bill Maher's show of the week, last week he was talking about the fact, he said, you know, people often tend to attribute whatever uh, whatever the story is they attribute to their side so, you know, if someone says something about COVID and it seems to be more Republican than Democrat, then they'll just attach it to whatever side it goes with and the truth gets lost. Mm -hmm. And I think that's true in tech as well. It's like if Elon Musk says something, the yeah, people who don't like Elon Musk dismissed. say, oh, it's dismissed, it's a lot of nonsense. Yeah, yeah. And it's true. 
it's like, well, hang on. <laughs> Can we just look at what he says first and actually analyze that rather than just say, oh, well, Elon Musk said it, so it must be nonsense. Mm. Um, so I think when it comes to, I, I am a little bit concerned when, it, when I hear people talk about the need for regulation. People like that, especially people like that saying it, I think it does, it does raise a few concerns over what we need to do. I think we do need to have oversight on this. There has to be some government oversight on on what's going on with AI. The problem is, of course, the governments do not move at the speed technology companies move at. That's exactly the point. That's why it should be thought about now. Yeah. Because it's no good 10 years down the line where we're saying, oh, yeah, well, let's put some regulation on for this well, AI. The, the horse hasn't just bolted. The horse has turned into a robot and is That's charging right, yeah. through the city centres of our, our world. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Anyway, uh, more close to home, uh, you'll be pleased to hear or not. Uh, the rumours are indeed true because Google told us they're launching a foldable phone, the Pixel Fold, oh. during its I.O. Uh, 2023 event, Google's event, of course, happening this year, May 10th. Google hasn't revealed any of the specs for the device, but a brief teaser video shows off a full-size outer display on a phone that opens up similarly to Samsung's Galaxy Z Fold devices. The camera bar on the back is similar to other Pixel devices, but doesn't stick out as prominently, reflecting uh, what people have seen on leaked marketing materials and even a hands-on video, reportedly. CNBC reported in April that the Pixel Fold would be a 5.8-inch phone that folds out into a 7.6-inch tablet. It will reportedly include a Google Tensor G2 processor, weigh 10 ounces, and have the most durable hinge on a foldable, along with a price tag of around $1,700. Samsung's latest foldable, the Z Fold 4, launched with a price of $1,799, so it definitely stacks up. Uh, Google I.O., of course, coming up, and we'll be hearing all about the latest in developments there. We're actually going to be uh, joined by our very own Mark Afalalalo. Hey! He'll be back with us. He's going to be there. Oh, he's, he's the guy. He there. is the tech king. So he will be at Google I.O. for us, and he'll be joining us after the event. So the next day after the event, but we're not, we're not going to do what we did last time. Remember last year? We, uh, or was it this year? I can't remember. But well, we, did we talked the, over everything. Yeah, we I thought talked that went over the really whole well. thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, th- I, I just enjoy talking over you. I've realised I don't want to talk over everything else. Oh, good. There you go. Uh, but what do you think of this? I, I, I think I think this is the first, and it's kind of funny, right? Because you'd think Google would have been first up with the Fold in some ways because it's this new design, but obviously Samsung jumped ahead. And um, the I, I don't know if it's worked, screens. I, I don't first. know if it's worked out for Samsung, if I'm totally honest. They don't seem to be selling particularly well. Too expensive. I don't know. Well, yeah, that's part of it. But also I think, you know, the, the hinge thing is still, is still not right. And, you know, it's not as durable as I think people would like it to be. After a while, you know, the, 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 when you open up the screen, you can definitely tell um, that, you know, it's been folded over several times. And that doesn't have to be hundreds and hundreds of times. It could be fairly, you know, maybe like 10, 10 to 15 there's, times suddenly it starts to show up. There's a crease there from the start. That's yeah. the problem. It's not. And do people really care about the bigger screen? I, I don't believe they do. Not the sizes of phones now anyway. I, I think it's a very niche product great just, if you're low I vision ah uh, yeah yeah um, I, I don't know maybe i need, right, to, uh, I need to hear from someone to know if that's estate. true okay. um but yeah it's more real estate but if it's it's often segmented though so you tend to have two halves don't you everything tends to be splitting down the middle oh, i no, guess it's yeah. more like a tablet i guess but it's not the same i mean it kind of leads me to this thing right around tablets android tablets i saw i think it's one plus is it one plus yeah. Yeah. They came up with a tablet? new tablet, right. um, which is apparently very nice, you know, beautifully built and all the rest. Problem is, every Android tablet ever made oh. is terrible. Oh, dear. Oh, it's just wow. terrible. Sweeping generalization. Oh, no, no, it's not. It really isn't. They are all terrible. I, every one of them is an iPad wannabe. Feedback. That doesn't, on air.com. That doesn't make it to any way a useful product. I, I don't know what a single person on earth who is using a Samsung, oh, not Samsung, any, actually, any oh. tablet, <laughs> not specific Steady. to Samsung. That's just the one that I thought in my head, because to be fair, it's the only one I've ever seen. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think anybody's actually yeah, you're not using in the Android a tablet ecosystem. in if any meaningful an Android, way. If you've got an Android smartphone already and you're living in that ecosystem, then an Android tablet probably makes great sense, no, doesn't it? No, but it doesn't. Okay, I must say, I dug out my um, Amazon Fire tablet the other night, and every time I think, oh, this is, why am I wasting this in a drawer? Let me charge this thing up, turn it on. Get it updated. Te- yeah, update it, exactly. Ten minutes later, back in, back the, drawer. in the drawer. <laughs> yeah, but I think, I think there's a difference there. 
I think that okay. I can see the value in something like a Fire tablet. I mean, I feel in some ways it's it's difficult because the, the tablet market is really swamped by the iPad, and the iPad really is the tablet. It's the most usable tablet, I think, and for what it can do. The, the Amazon Fire tablet is good, and I think it sells well. It's very good for kids. Its low price point means, you know, if it does bounce off the kitchen floor, it's not the end of the world. You know, but I think these higher end, higher spec tablets, you know, from OnePlus or whoever it is, Samsung or, or whatever, whichever company, I just don't know if they ever catch on. I don't, I don't see the value or point to them. Yes, maybe for you know, I, I don't know, maybe for leisure, sitting watching Netflix, perhaps. But productivity and stuff. Well, a lot of people are using their iPads now for everything. They're using their emails. They do their. I mean, okay, I know this isn't necessarily well, it's just like a blind having a thing, second but, iPhone or whatever, second device, right? Well, yes, that's right. Yeah, so what, what is well, the well, purpose so, so of it being... That's like anything, right? That's like a laptop. Yeah, no, no, yeah, but what, well, it's just what is... device. Yeah, well, of course it is. All right, calm down now. Steady. Now, <laughs> you're getting coffee rage. What What's the difference well, or what's the though. benefit of having it in a tablet form factor is the point I'm making. That's my point. Okay. Well, great point. Pointless. We agree. It's pointless. It's all about Stop content... Stop making them. ...consumption. Netflix, browsing the web, absolutely fantastic on the tablet. Google did it, and, and it's so funny, right, because Google brought out the Pixel, what was it called again? Pixel Book? No, not Pixel Book. They had the, Slate. That was it. Google Slate. Slate. Yes, you've got one, have Pixel you? Slate, that was what it's called. Uh, yes, I do. And it's also terrible. Cool. Okay. Well done. I think they discontinued that, didn't they? Exactly, because it's terrible. Right. Well done. Point proven. <laughs> Are using an Android tablet? Get in touch and tell Stephen why he's wrong. Yeah, tell me I'm wrong. I, I, the only place I've ever seen them in a usable way is inside, like, the HumanWare Connect devices they've got. They've actually taken a lot of these tablets and they've turned them into magnification devices. Yes. It's the only use I can really see for them, to be honest. All right. You know what? I, I find it really difficult to argue against yeah. you on this, but I want to. I know I you just, do. I can't find a fault in what you're saying. Okay, I'll give you that. Uh, feedback at doubletaponair.com. Can't wait to hear from you. one 803 CEO of Samsung says. Um, 1-877-803-4567. We are back tomorrow for the weekend edition. We're going to talk about advocacy tomorrow. Ooh. Gary has been in touch and he's got lovely a question drink. to put to us. Yes, we'll have a lovely glass of advocacy <laughs> tomorrow on the show. Might need a couple. Catch you then. Love Bye-bye. Double Tap. Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-tv every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.